podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Hi guys, it's Davo from the Non-League Treatment Room Podcast. Uh, we just want to give you a quick message about one of our sponsors, Kitstop. Kitstop offer a wide range of kit for all types of sport, which can be printed and embroidered in-house. Top quality and deal with most of the leading brands. Check out their website, kitstop.co.uk, or check out the link below. Cheers, guys. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to the Nomni Treatment Room with me, Cookie. And as always, I'm joined by Davo. How are you, mate? You okay? Yes, mate. I'm good, thanks. Are you? Yeah, good. Been a uh, roller coaster of the uh, last four or five days, hasn't it? Has been, mate. What a weekend. Long weekend, should Very I say. Very long weekend. Um, for those of you who don't know, obviously, me and uh, Davo, we were up for an award at the Football Content Award uh, for Best in Non-League Podcast. And uh, we came third. We got a bronze. Uh, we got a little trophy, which is on display here. I brought it with us, um, which is unbelievable. Speechless at the time. Didn't really sink in. Um, and we're just very grateful for, for what's happened uh, six months in. Yeah. You've probably um, seen our reaction on uh, on the socials when we were there. We were on a table full of lovely lads, weren't we? Oh, uh, yeah. We met so many people. Um, we met two lovely lads, didn't we, from... Um, from Cardiff. From Cardiff. Their podcast is called... Uh, View from the Ninian. View from the Linian. View yeah. from the Ninians. Yeah. Um, they do it on back Cardiff City. Yeah. They were um, buzzing for us, weren't they? Yeah, really like genuine people. Just happy for... Happy for to do well and when we kept saying to people we've been around for six months they couldn't believe it could no they? they couldn't um but honestly to everyone who supported us voted um it's down to you guys because we wouldn't have been in that position so we really appreciate it and thank you for supporting us hopefully we can go back and win the award and get gold next year yeah that's the plan isn't it that is the plan but, um i've got a bit of a surprise for you oh okay i haven't told you this is yours oh really yeah where's yours then Oh, mate, thank so, you very much. Obviously, we don't, we've got our filming, but um, I've just given Davo his own award. So Love he it, can mate. put it up in his bedroom or his living room or wherever he wants to. I've got one at my home, and now you've got your own because you deserve to have yours. So That's fantastic. I sorted mate. that today. You're a legend, mate. I don't want to get all soppy here, but obviously, I, I haven't thanked you enough, Cookie, for giving me this opportunity. So thanks again, mate. That's okay. What a weekend that was. Oh, it's just unreal. But now, um, we're, now we're back to the graph, mate, and we've got a good guest in today, haven't we? That's it. It's pushed us to do more. And um, a good friend of mine, he always says, and he texted me on the day, he said, this is your, today is the proof of your why. Yeah. And he said, success leads Leaves to cl- clues. Leads clues. Oh, I know who that lad is. Yeah. <laughs> so you can, you can figure out who says that. Um, so yeah, onwards and upwards. But yeah. Um, Let's get our guest in because yep. we've got a, a, a really good one today, uh, you know, local, um, done so much for the community, so much for, for the clubs he's been at and just a real gentleman um, of a person who so passionate about football, so passionate about people and um, honestly does so much and we're looking forward to hearing his story and his journey. So let's get him in. In the treatment room today, we have a local manager and one of the hot, and one of the most highly respected managers in non-league. Uh, from managing and starting his uh, managing career at Sunday Team Ridge Lane, stepping up to Aberston Town, winning multiple trophies, and currently finding himself at Litchfield City. Please welcome Ivor Green. The legend that is Ivor. How are you, mate? Thank you for the kind words. I'm good, thanks, chaps. I'm really well. Just a quick one, I just want to congratulate you both on your award as well. That's an amazing achievement in such a short space of time. That's fantastic, that is. Appreciate it, mate. Really appreciate it. Um, 
Yeah, thank you so much. How have you been? You been good? Yeah, really well, thanks. Busy as always. Yeah, how's the uh, football season going so far? Yeah, it's going really well. We're doing, we're doing well, we're enjoying it. We, we keep moving forward, we're having a good time at the minute, so long may that continue. That's it, that's it. Where, where do we start here then? Because <laughs> well, we always start with the, the first question. We always do, but I just want to add, I've, I've known Ivor before football. I'm, I'm, I'm good friends with his, uh, with his son and I've played for Ivor as well back at Ridge Lane days and this is one hell of a story by the way and I know he's going to sit there and he's going to think Dave oh, what are you on about but to come from where he's came from to now is just I don't think we've ever had a guest like it I no, really don't no, we were talking before weren't we about the sort of journey you've been on um, and the teams that you've been at it's yeah it's, it's like no other is it it's and like you, I think you said off, off camera that like you've, you've never applied or gone for those jobs. You've always been approached by someone, haven't you, to come and do the, come and do the job. Yeah. Um, but what does football mean to you? That's where we always start. Ooh. It's a big one. It's a big one, but it's a massive part of my life, I'd have to say. Massive. Um, the same as everyone. You, you know, you get into it as a kid and it grabs hold of you and then it's a massive part of your life. I'd say um, the biggest thing for me, I'd say, is outlet. You know, like football, you know, right from being a kid, if you, you know, if your mum was kicking off in home and that, you go out with a football to get out of the way, you know, and then you go through your school time, you're bored at school, you go to football, you go out in the playground and so on and so on. And I just think it takes over your life. You know, you, you've got, you've got your family and then you've got your work and necessity. They're, they're like, they're guaranteed, aren't they? That's, mm. that's a big part of your life that, that's sort of guaranteed. Football's an extra. It's, it's, to me, it's just been a massive outlet, um, and just obviously massively passionate about it and absolutely love it. So you can't say it's everything, mm. but it's it's a big part of my life. It has been. Super. Because you've, you've been involved in, like you say, football from an early age. But what about when you were like playing and stuff? What sort of age did, did you start playing? Was that like... Yeah, for, all through schools. I mean, I, I remember when I was at school, I played. I remember playing... When I, when I got to the seniors, I was playing school football, county football, Sunday football. So there was days where it was like five days a week was football. You know, I remember when well, I was playing for the county when I was at Oldham Smith, I remember it. And I used to walk down to the bus station on a Saturday from Camp Hill mm. to, to, for the county team. The coach used to pick you up from the bus station and I used to walk down there. Yeah. Um, but then Sunday morning we'd have a game. I'd play for Grove Farm on a Sunday. And then all the way through into men's football. Um, Oh, yeah, I've, do you know what? I've played football. I'd love to know how many games I've actually played because I played my last league game. I think I was 40. Really? So, yeah, yeah, I did, yeah. So, it's been a... Got to be over a thousand games, surely. I've got, I've got a funny story, actually, about, about... I don't know if you'll remember this, but we were playing for Ridge Lane and uh, it was for the reserve team and I was uh, brother, Alec, was the manager. And um, <laughs> it was a cup game and I think we were losing... Can you remember? <laughs> and, uh, I remember it well. Me and Ivan were on the bench because I've been away on holiday and he started, the gaffer started me on the bench and obviously Ivan probably at the time was about 40. I was getting Yeah. And uh, we were losing and Alex turned to Ivan and gone, get warm. And I've lost the plot and I've gone, are you fucking joking me? I forgot about I said, I'm, tw- I'm 24 years old, Ivan's about 50 and you're going to put him on before me. 
Mate, he's gone on and scored. <laughs> he scored and we win the game. Diving header. That was the county cup semi final. It was. What position did you play? I was a winger. Oh, yeah. I was a winger. Yeah. yeah. It was. Uh, I played on the wing, but he. he I thought I was only going to watch that game. Yeah. I, I thought he wanted me to help him in the dressing room. Yeah. So now you're on the bench. Yeah, and get he brought me on. You're on. But I mean, if I could play football today, I would. I don't. I, I, you go into managing coach. I've been manager, coach, chairman, a lot, but nothing I'll ever beat playing. Mm, absolutely yeah, do, you, do you see a big difference now of when you say you'd love to go back obviously football was a lot different when you was younger weren't it yeah. do you, do you yeah. think that you'd be, enjoy it now as, as what it is now or? I do I do but there's one philosophy hard, you know, people say what's your idea hard work to me is that's in everything mm. so no different in football if I was critical of football today that would be one side of it where I think it was easier to manage years ago because mm. the mentality of players was different. And I think, I don't like being one of these that, oh, it used to be like this or it used to be like that. But, but, but one example, I had a good conversation with the manager last year regarding this. So if you go back to when we were playing, particularly the early days, it was a physical game, a really physical game. Yeah. So you get somebody like myself, I'm a little right winger, I'm a little skinny guy, I know I'm getting smashed. So, you know, the fullback's job is to stop me getting a ball in the box. You were four four two then, so you got two strikers relying on you getting the ball in the box, mm. and you had to work so hard to make sure you could do that because you didn't get a lot of protection. So, in terms of your mental state, you were you were you knew you had to be physically strong, you had to be quick, you had to be sharp. You know, you knew that you were you you'd got a job to do. And I think one of the differences, the physical side of the game drifting out of the game. I don't think a player has to work as hard today mm. as he did then, and I don't I don't mean that. I'm not putting people down or anything like that, but I just feel that I look at training, being able to play through that period and be still playing when the game's starting to change and see that, mm. where, for example, so the two strikers are relying on me crossing that ball to score a goal. I'm rolling around on the floor. They're not crying at the referee. They're shouting at the manager, get somebody else in. Mm. You know, he's, he can't handle it. He can't. Really? I, 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 whereas if you look at today... You'd go down, you'd roll around, the two forwards would be shouting at the referee, yeah, everyone would be shouting at the referee, yeah. the whole focus would be on you know, the referee not giving you a foul. So I think that's took away a little bit of what well, you have to coach a player today so much, mm. whereas back then that was a bit you never had to worry about a player working hard because it was just ingrained. You knew if you couldn't get that ball in that box, you're not going to play, regardless mm. of what the reasons are. So... That that's the side of football that I think's changed probably the most. Mm. I'm not saying it's a bad thing the physical side changing, but I genuinely believe it's changed the mentality of players from then to today. So I'd say it was a bit harder today on on the on the work ethic, if that makes sense. Mm. Yeah, no, I know what you're saying. You do see that, don't you? Where a big a challenge comes in, and you think in your head, you think it's not really a foul; it's a good tackle, actually, mm. but. Referee, I think referees are under pressure a lot to blow up, give a foul because because they know someone's going to be in their ear, don't they? Yeah, and I, I think um, it's probably a tough position, referee. Well, well, just look at it. You'll know as a, as an ex Sunday League manager. When I first started playing in Sunday League, there was seven or eight leagues. Now there's like four because there's a lack of referees because they don't want to yeah, who, get who involved would anymore. You know, all, all sorts of stuff like that. People are not turning up anymore because they're getting shit from their teammates or something's happening on the pitch that makes them not want to turn up. Yeah. You know, it's, it, it's, 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 just, it's sad. As much as I love Sunday League, it, it is sad to so, see. So on that, I would, that's what I would say. I would say that's the biggest change. Honestly, I would. Mm. And I look back, I played, my whole, I played my first league game at 17 and my last at 40. And in all of that time, I never got crippled as such. 
You know, mm. I got hurt, but, but you got up, you got on with it, and then you played the next game. I don't ever remember a period where I never played football through an actual injury, being kicked or whatever. It was I had my knee done a couple of times, but that was, you know, body damage, if you like. Mm. But, but actually, the physical side, but that was the difference in the game. It was physical, and you knew yeah. it was physical, but you had to prepare for that. Yeah. You know, you had to be fitter, sharper. You had to think about your movement a bit more. You know this guy's going to smash you, and he's probably going to smash you two or three times before the referee even looks at him. So that's a part of the game that has massively changed. So if you look at the focus on the VAR and that now, mm-hmm. if you're honest, you've heard, heard and spoke more about VAR this year than you have an actual football match. Yeah, probably. By changing the laws as they went along and taking the physical side out, it's created that problem I for agree. me. And I, I think that's affected the game in a negative way. I feel like we've not spoke about this enough. No, we, we haven't topic. spoke about anything like that. Um, maybe we'll have to do a topic on that. Absolutely. We need a referee and that's what we need. Yes, we do. <laughs> Working on it. <laughs> Working, Working on, on it. On it. <laughs> um, what was the highest level you played at as a player? No, it was... Uh, uh, do you know what? Did you ever get into that Saturday professional? No, no, no. 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 I t- do you know what? I turned it down. I, I played Ridge Lane on a Sunday my whole career. Yeah. And on a Saturday I played for Nini and Griff. Yeah, and yeah. stuck in four day A. Yeah, that's yeah. it. I've, I've not, I was never one of them swapping around. The only thing I did do um, when I was playing for Jimmy at Stuck in Ford, we were doing really well. And Hinkley came. It was Hinkley, Hinkley Athletic back then. Okay. It was uh, John Hanna, I think, was the yeah. manager at the time. So I played a Sunday game for his lane, believe it or not. And we went in the changing rooms after. And somebody said, Chap out here wants to see you. And it was Hinkley. It was his assistant manager. We had a chat. They came and picked me up on the Tuesday and took me over. They were playing a good standard at the time as well. But they came, they picked me up, they took me over to training. We were doing so well at Stocking Ford. I was really enjoying my football under Jimmy. I had a chat with Jimmy and he was great either way, whether I went or stayed. And I just, I chose to stay. I just loved my football. I was never, you know, it's, it's the same with managing. I've never had aspirations to do anything other than, I just love the next game, mm. if that makes sense. Yeah, no, I think we've had, yeah, you are... People, some people have that mentality where they, they, they just enjoy where they are and they're not bothered whether they go up or or what. It's just all about the playing time, the people, and surrounded by the people as well. People yeah, are the changing rooms. I feel like yeah. the environment was different. Like, we've had Jimmy on. Jimmy was Jimmy was the gaffer of Stocking Ford at the time. Look at the environment that he created. They were playing Atherston and beating them. Yeah. Yeah. You know, yeah. they, were, they were like, yeah, we... it, this, this Cove Alliance, whatever league it was, was tough back then. Do you yeah. know what I mean? It's not like it is now. It's completely different. So yeah. I still think that that's a good level of football that I've just played at there because if you compare it to the leagues now, you're probably talking pff, still step six, step step seven maybe. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? It's still yeah, a no, definitely. When, when Jimmy was talking about it, it sounded, sounded bad. And just a quick one on that. We hope we obviously wish Jimmy all the best with Nanini and Borough. Obviously, they're in difficult times at the minute, so we are thinking about them. So hopefully yeah. they... Uh, and not stop winning at the minute. Get out of the mess and they, uh, <laughs> they're flying. They are flying, aren't they? They've just drawn AFC file today. In, Have they? In the uh, next Away. round at home. So hopefully they open the ground and they can uh, get the game on. Yeah, I'd echo that. Um, so Ridge Lane, was that where you started your management career? Yeah. How did that come about? How so did basically, you get uh, into that role? So what happened was I'd played with them from 17. Um, and what you had then was, it's a, it, again, it's a little bit different to today. So you had a group of players that played together, same team, year after year after year. So basically, we were all getting old, the same age. Um, Mickey Norton, manager, Alex Norton's dad okay, was the manager. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, he was stepping down, and we struggled to get somebody to, to fill in. And then they started talking about potentially it folding. 
and I, I just I couldn't have that. I had no aspirations or thoughts about coaching or managing or anything, but I, I stepped in and said, "Look, I'll do it if it keeps it running. I'll do it." So that's where it started. Because um, you, you mentioned uh, chairman, but were you the chairman of there as well? Yeah, yeah. You, so you were doing everything there because well, you, you didn't want to see it fall. Which is honestly, that's like, that's that's an unbelievable. That's unbelievable. That it's is a massive club, mate. That's, well, they're incredible. the longest serving now. They're the yeah. longest serving. They're still running now, and they're the longest serving and football the, club. This has happened a couple of times where, because I played for Ridge Lane last season, and I think while I've been there two times, a manager's gone, look, lads, I can't deal with it no more. And then somebody's just had to come in and <laughs> and take over because the club has got that much heritage, and it's been there that long that people don't want to see it sink. No. It's no, unbelievable. That's, yeah, that's, that is nice. Hi guys, the Non-League Treatment Room have partnered up with Pathways Coventry. Pathways is a men's mental health support group who meet up for weekly meetings, local walks, daily check-ins, regular mountain walks and more. Men's mental health is so important and we need to break the stigma that men can't talk about how they feel. Men need to know it's okay to talk about their feelings and what they're struggling with and Pathways is the group that can support you. Check them out on Instagram at pathways underscore cov. Thank you. You were a very successful side, weren't you, Ridge Lane? Um, yeah. You, you, you won you, by winning the league as well. You won the league. Um, talk, about, talk about the success of the team and, and winning the league and things like that. How, how was that? How did you get that into the players? So it's where it all started for me where I started to enjoy the managing side because obviously because we were all finishing at the same time so the majority of players were packing up so we basically had to rebuild and I absolutely loved it I genuinely loved it it took an hell of a lot of time but I loved it and so what happened was I brought you know most of the players Lee Young Mark Wright uh, Dave Allsop Leon Bailey Rich Willett they were all sort of 17, 18 year olds local lads I went door to door I was knocking the door that's how I met all these I mean people see them lads today with me that's how I met them. I literally knocked the door. Like, I'd love you to come and play for Ridge Lane. And we put a young side together. And I'll never forget it, to be fair, because the first year, obviously some of the older boys are coming and watching. Ah, oh, rubbish. I can see it and all the rest. You know. Um, and, and we got a few batterings. But the second year, we, we, we picked up, we started to, you know, we started to look like a team. And by the third year, we started winning trophies. And over a period of, I don't know how many years it was, we, we won pretty much everything. Well, we did. We won everything. By the county cup, we won everything. The league, all the local cup competitions, most of them two or three times. And, and that's how it went. But it was the enjoyment of building a team. You know, like, you know, when, when you start to get results and you think, bloody, that's my team. And, and <laughs> there was a real enjoyment from it. You know, all right, it's Sunday morning, but the satisfaction I got from that yeah, was incredible. So, uh, Would you say, Ivan, I know that you're not going to take credit for this, but you brought in like them players that you've just said there, three or four of them went and played non-league. Mm-hmm. Were they at non-league at the time? Or I know that you're not going to say it was because of you, but do you reckon that you kicked them on to then go and play in the non-league game? I'd like to think so, because... Playing regular football as a young lad is, is the key. I, mm. I think that's a big one that's missing now. Um, I, 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 this is something I say a lot. I know it's drifting a little bit. I, I do say it a lot. If you go two-step, four, three, maybe even up to two, and go and take a look at the benches, and half of that bench will be kids. Mm. You go and look at that bench in a month's time and you'll see the same. They've got to play football. 
Mm. And I think if you can give them an, an opportunity to play football at 17, 18 years old, regular, they've got more chance than somebody that might potentially be a little bit better than them, but not playing regular. Mm. So, yeah, you'd like to think that it maybe plays a part because of the playing regular football in a good side as well. You know, if you're in a, a competitive side, yeah, somebody that's actually that, yeah. competing, you know that you know you know every game's a challenge and you're actually playing for something. You're pushing yourself, then aren't you? So yeah, you'd like to think so. I could reel off some names though, and you'd know exactly who they are. Alex Nor. I was just about to say, yeah. the players talk about the players and the talent in the side that you got to work with. So Alex Norton was one of them. Unbelievable. What a player. Oh, Absolutely. One of the best players I've ever seen down here. Uh, Liam Bailey was an unsung hero. He did everybody's running. Absolutely. And he played down here. How many games I've probably over 100? Well, Alex Easy. Norton's played over 200. Yeah. Assistant. yeah, yeah Alex was in the year for, I mean, there's a couple of stories on Alex, but. <laughs> Chris, Chris Mullins. Yeah. There's another one. Played down here. Uh, Johnny McEwen had a little stint down here Ross Innes had a little stint down here all through either yeah that's what, that, that's what it was um, unbelievable mate the players all the super fit players. yeah Going, that, that's something right up until today like now with me with, with the group we've got now at Litchfield be fit you have to be fit yeah, yeah. and we, we were the side we had then going back then were fit really fit and that mm. always make a difference yeah did you start, did you try and make it Obviously, it's it's Sunday football, and people think, oh, they're going to be all leery and hungover or whatever. But did you try and make it a professional, as much as you could, environment? And let's take this serious, lads. Let's do things properly. Let's do that. You know, did you did you try and instill that a little bit into into the lads, or did you sort of let them still have a bit of fun? We we were serious. The reason was the team that had come from. If you go back to my early playing days, when you look at. The standard of that that league then, I could tell you some names. You, you go back, you had Neatonborough, Bedworth, Atherston. The majority of them players were local guys that played Sunday morning football. Mm. Honest to God, I, I remember playing games up Bridge Lane with like two and three hundred people there. Mm. You know, you <laughs> were playing the Rose and you'd got Kenny Willis playing for the Neatonborough, you got Eamon Pugh. What a striker he was, by the way. You know, you got you you had Mark Lewis, Paul Wilson, Dave, Dave Ward was playing for Neatonborough, you know, up at Ansley Common. You know, nearly every Sunday team then, when we were playing, these were semi-pro footballers. Yeah. They were coming yeah. on a Sunday morning and were taking it serious. No money whatsoever. No, no. But they took it serious. Yeah. I, I, honestly, I, I remember some of them games. They were big games against big players, especially for somebody like me. You know, I'm a young guy coming through. So for me, going into the, the management side in that period, that's what I was coming out of. It was serious to me. Every mm. game was a massive game. So, so when you were managing Ridge Lane then, Arbor, did you ever think that your next step was ever going to happen? Never. Never, you... never even thought about it. I promise you, I kid you not now, I never once had any aspirations to do anything. I enjoyed what I did. I looked forward to the next game and never, ever thought past that. Can you talk us through how it happened then? So basically what happened, um, I was a few years into doing Ridge Lane and mm. I got a phone call we were shopping me and her one day we were shopping and I got a phone call and it was Ron Bradbury ex-Alliston Tamworth yeah. rugby legend and he yeah. said I have a look I like what you're doing there he said I think you should look at going into Saturday management I think you, you know you should he said I've put your name forward uh, and it was Bermuda Bermuda Football Club so I went and met them and said yeah, we'll have a look at it and I carried on doing the Sundays so I took over at Bermuda with the same mentality really getting the younger players fit um, they'd just been relegated from the Coverlines Premier League at the time 
So that first year, we finished runners-up and we got promoted. And that was when I thought, well, I'll enjoy this. And that's when it took hold and I, I, I look forward to a challenge. So that's where it really started. Mm. And then obviously, Atherston Town come knocking. Well, what happened there, the story with that is, we, we did Bermuda that year. So then at the end of that year, I got asked to go to Witherley, who were Coverline's Premier League. Oh, okay. Um, which is down the road, obviously from here. Um, and that was that was a great challenge that was I really yeah. enjoyed that I really did um, but so they'd had a situation where I think it was coming up to their 50th year um, they'd never won the Premier League before and they'd never won the County Cup before and in the three year period we were there we won both so that was that was that was special that was they, that was a really great club fantastic club brilliant people and that was special but there was an incident that happened Jimmy was doing Alliston and okay. so I got a phone call from Jimmy on a, on a, I think it was a Sunday, either can you get a team over here on the Tuesday for a friendly? I said, yeah, I should be able to, we're training, we'll, we'll see what we can do. And what happened was I took a look at their results and they'd had a few friendlies and, and they'd played top sides, you know, higher level sides and they took a few beatings. So I've looked at it and thought, I know what you're doing here. Yeah. <laughs> you need your forwards to get some shooting practice and you need, which you do, don't you? you know? mm. So I knew what was, what was to be expected. Um, so we came over on the Tuesday night we beat them 3-1 and we were good really good and that was the first time where you looked at that level of football really for me I'd, I'd not no interest I'd no, I'm not you know it was all about what I was currently doing but I looked at the game and thought bloody hell you know I've got some players here that really should be playing this level and I, I, I do mean that honestly mm. just, just quickly on that we had a lad called A.D. Perry and he played centre half, fittest player I've ever had. The, the kid could run for England. He was he was literally every time he ran, it was Forrest come. You know, he was he was quick. So they had I can't remember his name. They had the goal scorer up front. Oh God, I can't honestly. Lord can't Dunkley. Remember. Dunkley. Yeah. So we've said, look, Aidy, this kid's rapid. He's 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 sharp. He scores goals. You're going to have to deal with him. And I'll never forget it here. A ball came across. He's intercepted it on the edge of the box. He was playing centre half, Aidy, and he's gone on one. So he's whacked it out wide. I can't remember who was playing on the wing at the time. He's whacked it out wide and he's gone running through the middle of the park. The ball's gone down the wing. The ball's got whipped in. He's not broke stride and he's bopped it in. It was just an incredible goal. And you're thinking, that's him gone. <laughs> because that's, that's how you actually start yeah, thinking. That. You're yeah, thinking, yeah, look, yeah, this yeah. is that level. I mean, they're, they're however many levels above. So that was, that was another one that you go home and think, wow, you know, that's... It's got this exciting. It's you know you've seen some of there and thought, bloody hell, I'd love to have a crack at that. So again, that was the next stage of, um, and that's when Alliston came and said, look, can you? So at the time, Ivor was your Darren Eggleton's, Carl O'Neill's, all playing for you. Witherley at Witherley. That's unreal. That is, isn't it? They that's were brilliant. Idea. And you, they were honestly, honest to God. When when we did Witherley, so the first year we finished runners up, and they'd Witherley will tell you they'd never been in the top half of that league. What happened with Witherley? They used to get promoted to the Premier League and then relegated back down, then win the league and come back up, and that's how they ran for years. Mm. In that first year, we brought all them in. I'd I'd say even till today, that would have been the fittest football team I've ever had. They wow. were ridiculous. That's Carver Lyons Prem. They were by ridiculous. The way. Yeah, yeah. Dave Turner used to do the training down at Manchester Rec with them. And and the stuff they used to do was just work. Literally, there was no real technical story, it was just work. And I used to watch them train. Daz Eggleton, Christian Mullins, Leon Bailey, and so you can name every single one of them, Mark Latham. They were the fittest guy. Honest to God, they were the fittest team I think I've ever had right up until today. And I 
you know, sometimes you look at the standard of football that you're, you're competing in that. I would love to put that team together today around this level and see really? what it would do. Yeah, that I'd, would have been, I'd, I'd be interesting, that would, to I'd, see. I'd fancy yeah, those just purely on, like, and you've got to remember, they played for no money. So they was just about playing football, just the passion of playing football. When you, we've seen them used to come training down there. I mean, we used to have, we had a little generator and two street lights, you know, the, the lights that they use for the roadworks and stuff. Yeah. That's what we trained with. So it would be pitch black down there with this little generator. So you couldn't hear nobody speak because of the, <laughs> the noise off the flipping thing. And you've got two lights and the lights are running around and the work rate they put in was... so, And that was with no money. So that was, again... So moving forward from that, was that was where the Aberston situation came. Aberston were obviously in trouble. They were falling through the leagues. The money had gone. And that's where... That's where you stepped like. in. This is, a, this is proper non-league. This is a... I love it. I love it. The generator. Yeah. How was it the first couple of months being at Aberston? Was it quite overwhelming from where you'd been? Yeah. Was it a bit like, what have I took on here yeah. sort of thing? Yeah. 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 Is it, was that just because it was um, a lot more pressure or just a lot more to deal with than you weren't used to? Do you know what? Or the league as well. There's a multitude. There's a multitude. For the first one is to think of this. So a year before... I'm, I'm literally cleaning dog shit up off a pitch on a Sunday morning <laughs> and putting nets up. You know, I'm not exaggerating. You, you know I did this, yeah, you know, yeah. on a Sunday morning. Then phoning off a dozen players to make sure they're turning up. To then coming here and you've got however many hundred fans. Volunteers doing the pitch. Honestly, it was... It was but, but, as I say, the, the confidence had come from little bits that like the game with Aberston. Um, the success at the two clubs you know you get success you know at two different clubs you're thinking okay I can have a crack at this there's, there's something working so I was confident enough but it, yeah it was, a, it was a huge change I mean the, the big thing for me the big plus for me to be honest there was no money there was absolutely no money and I can you know anyone that was involved at the time will tell you that we never had one pence at this football club so that that year there was no money nobody got anything so was it easy for you to make that decision then, Ive, when you went there? I don't, obviously, I don't know the situation. Did, did a lot of the players stay or did they the leave? Yeah. Okay, so this, this was the tricky one. So basically what you had was, um, I'd watched them a few times. And the problem I had was that I'd stand by the barrier there and the conversations were always about money. It bothered me. Mm. You know, he's on 40 quid, he's on 30 quid. He, and it, I'll be truthful, it pissed me off. <laughs> yeah. I was thinking, oh, we're watching a football match. And it was all about money. So what happened was, when, they, when we spoke about taking the job on, there was no money. Well, you've got a situation where the majority of them players won't play for no money. But by the same token, they've just been relegated two years running and finished 15th at this level, at step six. You know, how much money do you think you're worth? And yeah, that, yeah. I don't mean rude to them, lads, or anything. I'm not, honestly. But that, that's what you've got to look at. You know, what I'm saying is, I've got a player in that doesn't get anything who I believe is better than you on you, on you whatever you're getting. So mm. we had to go with that. You know, we, we, we brought all them players in. Uh, the Witherly lads. Yeah, most of them. Yeah. Most of them. Most of them came along. He does eggs. And, and I think a few of them were already here. Um, we're already playing here um, that year, at the end of that year. But... No, with no money, it took the pressure off. You know, you know there was, what, what can you expect? You've got a semi-pro football club that's, let's be honest, it's been up there and done it mm. with no money whatsoever. So it was a little bit easier for me in that people knew that and were going to support it a bit more because of that. Mm. 
What about putting um, the team together? We just touched on putting the team together with like local, talented players. Was that always the plan to go, well, I'm going to bring in the people who I trust, the people who I know, who, who can play like you, your dad's ex and stuff like that? Was that always the plan of doing that? So if you look at it, you've got, you've got no money whatsoever. Not, this is something I would say to any football club in any town because the money's becoming a major problem. Yeah. And once you step into like this sort of level, you've got to look league above, you've got to look at league mm-hmm. below, you've got, to, you've got to look at so many areas and bring players from, you know, f- to travel an hour to come play and all sorts, haven't you? You've got to do so much nowadays. Well, one of the big things, sorry, one, yeah. one of the big things with that was the other side of that is we needed to get as many fans through the gate as we could because the fan base had gone right down here in it. Right, okay, yeah. Local lads, local families. Yeah, yeah. So you've got um, mum and dad, yeah. aunties, brothers, friends who live down the road. Mm. So by getting all them locals, the fam, it went up drastically, to be fair, mm. um, on the back of local lads coming in. So not only were they good players, fit players, and everything, they were boosting the gates because of friends and family coming along so that was that was a big one and then you got a feel good factor then you know like you start to get that family feel mm. similar to what I had on a Sunday morning all those years I played at Rizain with the same players we all knew each other's families we'd go out for meals um, once you get close knit for me you're a better side straight away mm. never mind the ability or anything just the fact that you're a close knit group so that that happened here for sure that, that particular year all being local lads and families coming along great family feeling Mm. Yeah. How, how did you get on in your first season Ive can you remember I lived the dream really I, I lived the dream it was um, we got so that year with no money we finished fourth in the league we got to the league cup final at the best got losing 2-1 we had two sent off including the keeper but is that Carl O'Neill? No, it was, a, it was Lloyd's story. It was, oh, was it? It was, a, it was yeah. a disgraceful decision and we got sent off. It was a horrendous decision. It was never... 20 minutes in, that was. Oh, um, no, and we had Ben Ashby could. got sent off. We were 2-0 down and we pulled it back to 2-1 and, and in the end, should have won the game. But that, we got to the final. And obviously the FA Cup run was, was just... I can't... You could never describe that. Kidderminster. Well, no, that was the year we... That um, was, the... that was the, when I came back. This particular year would be Coville here yeah who, who were two leagues above yeah we beat Redditch United in a replay they were 66 places above us and I believe it was the second biggest cup upset that year in the FA Cup mm. um, to beat them we actually drew here we drew 3-3 here and then we beat them in the replay at Redditch on the Monday night 2-1 for a no budget team Mad, it? it was just I can't honestly we, we literally that was just living the dream that was ridiculous um so it was a great year, to be fair, all considered. Was was your first year, Ivor, when you had Lee Smith up front as well? I'd, I'd Lee, honestly, I had this discussion today. So we, we talked about what was with the podcast and stuff, and somebody made the comment of that guy that year was just unplayable. Mate, you've never seen anything like no, it. I don't remember him. Sun- right, so Lee Smith, to give you a little bit of background on Lee Smith, nobody ever wanted to play against him Sunday League because he was massive, he was rapid, and he was aggressive. Nuts, like, basically. <laughs> he, was, he was bonkers, mate. <laughs> it was him and Alex Norton up front, and I reckon between them, in one season, was it, I'm going to say 60, or something like that? 60. 60. Lee Smith 60 was a, goals? Yeah, Lee Smith was an absolute goal machine. Absolute goal machine. Well, they couldn't couldn't cope with him. You you know, you've got to remember, you're playing against a team three leagues above you, and we played Amir on the Saturday, and they went 2-0 up, and he just took over. 
he literally took over. That guy, they couldn't cope with him. They literally couldn't cope with him. And he scored the, win- the winning penalty in the replay on the Monday night. Um, it's a funny one, that, because Liam McDonald was actually the manager. Right. Um, current Russia manager. Really? Yeah. 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 So, so basically, we, we had a... Signed one of their young players a couple of years ago, young Max Dixon from yeah. Russell. And we had a few conversations. We had two or three. <laughs> then I got a phone call from him one night and he said, fucking hell, you, you nearly got me this fucking sack. <laughs> and, he, and he told me the story of, he was yeah. manager at the time. That, well, that was his first year into managing. Mm. So obviously getting beat by a team, three leagues below. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. And he, he offered to resign that. And he told me that he offered to resign. He didn't think it was for him because that was him starting on the ladder. Yeah, mm. yeah. So obviously we had a, a bit of a laugh and a chat about it. But we had it was the little things. Uh, we were team, team of the day on uh, with Robbie Savage on Five Live. You got the radio stations. I mean, we beat we beat Covilia one 0 which to this day, how we did that, I don't know. I mean, the first forty five minutes has to be the most one sided forty five minutes of football I've personally ever been involved in. They absolutely battered us. They were incredible. But our goalkeeper at the time was just you know when they have a world, it was Phil Smith, and he just had an absolute worldie. And then Lee Smith pinched the goal in the second half, and we won the game one nil. Mm. And this is another pinch me moment. So after the game, I'm walking round the back. My phone rings and it's a radio. Can, can you come on air now, like, live? And I'm like, yeah, yeah, okay. I was a bit nervous, but yeah. They're talking to the Coventry City manager at the time. I think it was Stephen Presley. So I'm, I'm on the phone. Yeah, yeah. I'm listening to him chat and they're coming straight over to me. <laughs> and I'm like, this ain't happening. So it was brilliant. It, it really was brilliant. And just to, just to add on Lee Smith as well, proper old school striker would tell you exactly how it is as well. Honest. So Honest. He still played Sunday League at the time, didn't he play for Drayton? And Adam played for Drayton. And I'll never forget, Adam went, come and watch me play. I went, yeah, okay. I'll come and watch him play. And Adam's whipped a cross in. Good cross, but nowhere near Lee Smith. I remember <laughs> he ran over to Adam and went, you fucking put the ball on my head. And Adam was, because he was man mountain, mate. He was taller than you. And, it, and Adam was just like, yeah, okay, okay. Yeah. He was that old school, like Alan Shearer, a great, all elbows, all like look after the ball, but could run in behind. He'd be in trouble now if he was playing, wouldn't he? And then you had, and then you had little magician Alex Norton just behind him, just picking up the ball, just finding him. This is when he was had a lot more legs. Noughts did in him. He was playing as a number nine as well, yeah. but dropping in and he, unbelievable. Well, that mate. particular year, you know, you know who his partner was that year? It was Dan Creaney. Oh, was it really? When, yeah, when yeah. I took when yeah. I took over here, that's where he started. He was Dan, in the youth team. He was, yeah. So it was like I couldn't believe that he was in the re- reserve and youth team. Honestly, couldn't. I know he was only seventeen, but honestly, I couldn't believe it. he was frightening. I think he scored thirty-five. We played him in the ten roll. Yeah, mm. he scored thirty-five. I'm sure he did. The real one. Mm. Soon got moved in there. Now, oh like, God, yeah. Do you remember well. the rest of you? He was. He was not right though. He's, Do you no. remember the rest of them that you had of as well on was, that day? Oh God, no. It was it was your Christian Mullins, your Oppies. I remember um, Oppie. I mean, oh. unbelievable. I was going to touch on this. I, w- I wanted to bring this up actually. Your your team. Let's just go through some of those players. Obviously, yeah, Carl O'Neill, Tugger. Um, you got Eggy, Christian Mullins, um, Nathan Haynes, Nathan yeah. Haynes, yeah, um, Carl Baxter. Uh, Oppie, Mitch, Thompson. Mitch Thompson, Ryan Quinn, Alex Norton, Joe Obi. God. Sorry if I missed anyone, but uh, Jono, when it, Jono was here. Look at, look at that. How did you... It was such an unreal team of so much talented players and they could have easily played higher. Yeah, 100%. But they 100%. didn't. 100%. And 100%. I think that's down to yourself, being the manager. And, and Would you agree or would you not take that? No, it's not easy to say it, but obviously we had a great relationship. 
um, a really great relationship. Let me say this one. This, so obviously the money side of the game is, is, is an issue, right? Just, just, and you, you usually hear negative, don't you? So-and-so wants an extra 20 and so-and-so's left so-and-so for some. This, this is how good them lads were. So in, in my second period at Aberston, so Alex Norton, mm-hmm. right? And I've got to, got to say this. I won't say the clubs and I won't say the money, but we had two seven-day approaches for Alex Norton because on my second phase at Aberston, there was a small budget to start with. He, had, he got offered five times by two different clubs the money he was on at this club, okay? Five, five, I'm talking life-changing money. Yeah, yeah, you know. yeah. I phoned him up. I said, Alex, put the kettle on. I'm coming down. I've gone down the house. I had a cup of tea. I said, look, Alex, I appreciate what you're doing. You're loyalty, never, brilliant. But you've got a family. You know, we're talking life-changing money. Long chat. Got in the car. Coming home. Got home. Text message. And he, honest to God, he said, look, I've been there at Bedworth, top goal scorer, got promoted, done all that. The only thing I ain't done is pay for my uncle Ive. And, he, he, it was, and I'll tell you what I did. I phoned the chairman at the time. I said, look, this is slightly uncomfortable for me now. It's a problem because I am now feel responsible for him. And long story short, he phoned one of the fans. Two of the fans got together and sponsored him to, mm. to give him a little bit more money. And that is a true story that happened. So for all the talk of... You know, our, our, the negative side of football, that's a guy that went the other way and was so loyal. It's incredible. And but, I'll forever be grateful for that as well. But who does this now, Ivor? No, no one, like, you've gone, and, you've gone to him and the first initial thing that's lit a light bulb in my head is, is you've gone, put the kettle on. You've gone round. And this is exactly what Adam and Ross said about you as well when they come on and they were the first ever episode we had and they said everything that we know or a lot of the things that we know have come from Ivor Green because he'll knock on your door he won't do it over a text like it is now or he won't get oh, well, yeah, he won't speak media. to an agent or he won't do this and do that he'll knock on your door he'll say right tea and two sugars and he'll come and sit in your living room and he'll say to you this is where we're at and I want you to come play for us and please. I want you to come and play for us yeah. and it, I still feel like you do the same thing now I do I, but listen I, I can't help it I can't it goes back to what I said That's at the start some cups of tea isn't it about, <laughs> about, about working hard you know like doing, doing something to your maximum so if that can make the difference then, then that's what you have to do mm. listen you, I've been lucky really lucky that I've had a family you, you know myself yeah, yeah. I've been so lucky that I've had somebody that will let me do that so if it's seven nights a week it's seven nights a week and that's it if you're gonna, for me if you're going to do the job you have to do the job you can't just say you're a manager. What what does that mean? Actually, mean what what is? You just pick a team on a Saturday. There's so much more. There's, yeah, there is yeah. just so much more. Man so, management. There's there's everything, ain't there? Absolutely everything. But you led the the, the club Aberston to three cup final victories. Uh, one of them was retaining the Floodlit Cup. Uh, how are those moments when you are lifting silverware and you're getting a club like Aberston a trophy, playing it like you know likes of the best cut or like these um, top stadiums how was that for you? It's the ultimate it's, it is, and it is it's the ultimate the, the feeling you get from that and, it, and, and you've got to remember that those moments are for life yeah. you, you, know, you don't forget you've done that they're for life and at that immediate time when you're looking around at everybody that's, that's the big one when you see everything the, the pleasure and the enjoyment the, oh, it's, you can't describe that you can't honestly you can't it never but, gets but, old is it? No, but I think for the club itself, because of where it had got to, it had had great times under Jimmy, you know, it had done really well, mm. but then it was on the slide and it was going the other way. It was close to going, I'll be truthful, this, this was so close. When myself and Dave Turner came here and sat with Graham and we discussed what was going on where, this was so close. To, to, and if it, People said if it went that time, it wouldn't come back. To actually come away from that and then pick up somewhere, 
he was just that bit extra special yeah, you know definitely um, and it's a feeling that you'll never you can't replicate it with anything can you remember your first bit of silverware down the Adders Art I bet it was an unbelievable feeling oh. wasn't it was it Warwick Racing Club Warwick at Bedworth. it was Racing Club Warwick at Bedworth. It had to when be. you played at the Oval yeah, yeah. do you I know what I think it was it, the lads that night were just they'd beat us twice in the league quite comfortably and I remember it really well and always we, a tough side don't they Racing yeah Club. and mm. still are today yeah but what we did we set up completely different we went in the changing that night it was, a, it was a long team talk because we completely set up different and we went man for man we literally we said we, we man for man are better than them and we literally played the same system man for man all over the park yeah. and we just and it was a, a pure workman like performance it wasn't about going there and looking good or we went there to do a job 1-0 there's no better result is there so the lads that night were just phenomenal would you say this is things that you've picked up over your years as manager in the night of like picking up these little things? It's not like a Sunday league manager anymore where you can just go, right, I'm just going to play my best 11. I'm not going to change formation. I'm just going to hope for the best. These are the things now that you've had to pick up, aren't they? Where it's like, tactically, I've got to be aware of what they're playing down to the fine details and the fine margins of set pieces and all sorts of things like that. Is that something that you had to learn quickly? Yeah, I've, I, do you know what? I've really enjoyed that side of it. But, yeah. but you again, you know what I'm like. I watch football. Yeah. I just, like a night out for Shelley, we're going to watch a game. I just watch football. Not not pro football, but semi, you know, semi-pro mm. football. I'll go anywhere. And the bits you pick up along the way, incredible. Just just small bits. And you pick a little bit up from each game and you might just be something there you can put into yours. And it can be the difference on a day as well. And I think for, for the players, they need that challenge, don't they? Of, mm. You know, if you, if you alter it a little bit, they, they, yeah there's a different challenge today you're going to do this slightly different because of this mm. and so on and so on and so on and players take into that and then you get the satisfaction from when things work obviously they go wrong sometimes and sometimes you have to hold your hand up and say chaps have got that wrong today sorry but when it goes right there is no better feeling mm. um, one thing that we want to talk about is we're talking about all these brilliant things and I don't want to see this as a negative but you I just want to touch on one go on go on the uh I think it was a JW Hunt Cup where we played it over Sutton Coldfield and we mm-hmm. won on penalties. Yeah. And you, we found uh, a player, Sam McClintock. Oh, yeah. <laughs> How was that? Oh, I remember that one. night. That was ridiculous. <laughs> do you remember it? Yeah, I do. Um, what, were you playing against him? He was on our team. We Sam McClintock on, played Featherstone. Yeah, where did you get him from that? Sunday Tom, morning team. From Tomo, wasn't it? Didn't Tomo? Tom, Tomo recommended him. He Tomo was playing for... A, Nico or whoever Pop or whoever in bed with on a Sunday morning Tommy said look there's a young lad you want, you want to have a look at him let's just remind ourselves and where, he, where's he playing now he's just signed back at Russia just signed back at Russia he yeah, so he's played highest he's played his national national, national league, league. Um, north I think and there's a few of them Liam Curtin's another one well he came off the bench going back to that final yeah he lobbed the keeper who got, who got injured uh, oh, it was uh, oh, oh, Woolley Jake Woolley Jake Woolley Jake Woolley went down injured a couple of minutes minutes in in and Sam come on (laughs) and lobbed the keeper and walked off just walked off I didn't celebrate just walked (laughs) off and it's just like oh this is easy and that was it he was off then weren't he what a player and um but that was some that was some night win on penalties and stuff like that and I think back was it back Back got got the winner captain you know special 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 Hey everyone, we have teamed up with CT Electrical, where no job is too small, from rewires to EV chargers and at a reasonable price. Check them out at CT Electrical on all social media, and if you mention the podcast, you'll get a cheeky 10% off. 
So again, I don't, want to go to, I don't want to go to this negative point, of, but we've got to talk about it. So you won a lot of cups, but one thing that you never did was never ever gain promotion, but you came so close, didn't you? Yeah. So many times. Yeah. How was that for you? It was hard, but I'm going to be truthful with you. Honestly, we were not ready to get promoted until the last year. We should have got promoted in our last year. The year before I finished, we should have got promoted. We should have. But before that, the club was not ready to get promoted. We were not financially stable enough to get promoted. That, that was one of the issues I think a lot of clubs have. You can chase that dream and you can finance a promotion. Let's be honest, it happens every year. You've yeah, got clubs. Yeah, yeah, clubs go for it, don't they? And I remember saying at the time, there was, there was two or three clubs got promoted, not just from this league, from other leagues. And I said... Let's see where they are in five years' time. And I guarantee you 100% Aviston Town will be above them clubs. And the clubs that are said, they are. Mm. Um, you, you can finance it to a point, but there's got to be, there has to be some sort of plan in place for the club's future. Always. Mm. Always has to be. We, I had an incident here where we had a striker that wanted to come here. But he wanted big money, and he did want big money. The fans were prepared to chip in and pay the money. And I said, no, it's, we're not, you know, that's not where we are. We're not we getting are. into that because that can yeah, happen. Yeah, mate, honest. And I know that's happening a lot. The problem is you, you, you're paying out for something for one moment for that promotion. <clears throat> if that's the plan, where's the club going to go beyond that? You know, okay, you, you can get the glory and whatever from that particular moment, but what about the club? Managers come and go, coaches come and go, players come and go. The club will always be there and it's... It's really its own by the fans. And I just think there has to be a little thought of that. So that's that's one side of it. The other side, to be fair, that, I mean, this is another thing going back to the early days with Aviston. You've got Bromsgrove, mm. Ilkeston, yeah. Walsall Wood, Highgate, Leicester Road, Cove United. You know, we, we had some tough, tough, tough clubs mm. through that period. So it was difficult. I, I think the last year was the one. That was frustrating because we should have done it. We, we pretty much blew it, to be fair. Mm. We should have done it that year. But uh, the, the years before that, no way. When, when I first came in, we did really well. I remember it because we finished fourth in that first season. And of course, and automatically, everybody then, well, we'll go up next year. Yeah, we'll go up next. yeah, yeah. And that's all people are thinking about. And, and what I was saying at the time was, look, why don't you just have some fun for two or three years? Just have some fun. If you can pick up a cup here and there and get some good victories. You know, some of the victories we had going away to Ilkeston that day was, it's up there as one of my best ever days in football. You know, big crowd. They were on a 16 game. I think they'd won 16 on the spin. We put a plan in place for that game. We took a gamble and a half that day. I think we went with a three. We played with two central midfielders wide. We played with two strikers. Tomo and Norts were playing up front. You know, we had a plan in place for it and won the game. So those moments were just, you know, the fans are singing and enjoying it. Have some of that for a while. Don't mm. worry too much about the promotion. You're not ready for it and you don't particularly need it. Just keep enjoying your football. The promotion will come. Because what, come, what goes up can come down very quickly, can't it? You know, you've got the club stable back to where it needs to be. And then if you start running before you can walk. Well, that's happened. Let's yeah. be honest, that's now yeah. happened. You know, Adam and Ross have, 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 have got them promoted at a good time and they're nice and stable. This mm. club is exactly where it wants to be. Mm. So Perfect. But certainly the first two, probably three years, not, that's not the case. It was not ready. There were debts that we'd got to pay. Um, you know, there was, there was a lot going on behind the scenes. You got, my period at the club, we played for three different chairmen. Yeah. You know, you need stability, you need... Do you know what I mean? There's a lot of things behind the scenes. It's not just about what you do on the pitch. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think that's good for people to hear as well. Absolutely. That there's so much more that goes on. You can't oh. just expect us to get promoted. But managing over 250 games for Aviston, proud moment? Yeah, very. 
Very, yeah, very. Yeah. I mean, again, going back to that, I managed them for four over four years. You know, you know, it wasn't a, a jump in and jump out job. I mean, it was a jump in to rescue the club to start with. That was the remit. Um, and I've got to take me out after the people, Wayne Chapman, Dave Turner, uh, Christian Mullins, Ian Bates. A lot of people played a big, big role in, in keeping this club going. And I, honestly, I'm, I could tell you a lot, a lot of stories, about, but they played a big, big part in keeping this club going. Their enthusiasm, their work ethic, you know, the things that people did to, yeah. to dig in and chip in. And you, it was easy. Listen, pe- people, it's easy to sit in the background and oh, crap you need this you need that it's rubbish. well do something about it then and mm. and these people were all hands on and all chipped in to making this work so in the four year period to go from where we were you you always look at what are you leaving what's what was it in when you came what have you left when you go yeah the position the club was in the day i left to the day i started we're a million miles apart and i'm proud of that obviously yeah so, brilliant i mean one thing that you brought up earlier um was the fa cup game against kiddy oh kiddy minster how was that for you? Uh, I'd say, you know, if, if you said what was your best, you'd have to say they're a full-time professional football club. Mm. I mean, I'm positive in terms of, well, you know yourself, Andy, you've been in the dressing room. I'm positive and I always try and play on the front foot. You know, I've had a few hammerings from people for being too gunno, if you like, but that's just me. That's the only football match I've ever gone into. Scared, if you like. What I did was we went up to watch them on the Tuesday night. They were playing Chester City. They're a full-time football club, so we've got to go and have a look at them. So we went up on the Tuesday. It was myself, Dave Turner, Wayne Chapman, Ron Bradbury. And we went early so we could see them more and more. So I literally got a cup of coffee, went to the tunnel. I kid you not, Lee, they came running out of that tunnel. I thought, oh, Jesus Christ. <laughs> Big lads. Just machines. Absolutely. Yeah, because at that point, there was people like, um, that are playing League 2 now. There was like, um, was it the striker, Joe Iron- Ironside? Joe Ironside. Oh, played God. like League Two, League One. <laughs> You know what I mean? There was like players there who had like, yeah, who are now kicked on in it. And I remember the day as clear as anything. And, you know, you didn't change. I don't, I don't well, I might not know, but from when I was, where I was looking, I don't feel you felt you changed the way you wanted to play. And we, we tried to play, didn't we? We tried to, you know, and we were just obviously unfortunate on the day, but yeah, the crowd isn't real as well, wasn't it? They were complimentary of us though as well for yeah, that reason. Really, yeah. Because normally what happens in them situations is you're trying to get stuck in and kick people and make it a mess. And we didn't. We we were a football team. But but oh God, I can't. They were just that good. We mm. we watched I just thought, wow, you are good. They just Do you know what a, a quick story on that. So when the draw was made, we've gone and watched them and we've done our report, you know, he's this, he's that, three, five, two, never forget it, blah, blah, blah. But they had the guy in the middle. I don't know if it was Dan Bradley. It might have been Dan Bradley. He was just, oh, mate, he was just mm. incredible. So what happened was I did some work for a company up the road and the guy come down to me and he said, bloody hell, you're managing Aviston Tanya. He said, listen, he said, I work for, I think it was Leamington he worked for. And what he does, he does analysis on the opposition game by game. He said, oh, I've got kidding me. He said, oh, <laughs> oh, and off the top of his head, I kid you not, he's gone through the team to a, to a T, literally. And he got to him and he went, but as for Dan Bradley, Good luck. That's what I said. Oh, the guy was phenomenal. Incredible did, did player. He scored a couple on the day, didn't he? Oh, mate, honest. We, what we did, we, we, we changed the system a little bit to go 4-2-3-1 to, to try and bank it out a little bit and just hang on as long as we could. Um, but the reality was over 90 minutes, mate, it, it was going to take some extra special to get anything from that. And the, you know what I admired about them? Full-time pro. Even when the fifth goal went in, yeah. their manager was... Do you remember him, Andy? Yeah. He was on... He never, ever let them let up. At no stage no. did that become, oh, we'll have a bit of fun now. These are, 
he was at him right yeah. till the last minute. Not, Very not good it? Yeah, he was. He was too fair. Um, yeah, and just, but it was a great, great. Day. Yeah, the fans it was. Were the fans were incredible. Like we got, remember going over, and honestly, they were cheering, they were going mad, and and uh, special moments. Yeah, three G at the time. I don't think so. But the pitch was immaculate. Oh, the pitch was when, when we got there. He didn't want to walk. You know, he's right. got the sign. Yeah, yeah. And you looked at it. Oh, I can't walk on that. <laughs> mm. It was. But you've got you've got a full time pro manager. Up yeah, against yeah, a, yeah, yeah. A, a pub manager. That's the bottom line. He's he's mm. he's, he's up against the. But they're very respectful. Very. Oh, like, fantastic. Absolutely fantastic. You know, they weren't like cocky and mm. like, it was, it was, they, they, they did it well too far. Um, so 2019, 2020 season, you leave Aviston Town after spending so many years at the club. What happened? What was the reason for stepping down? <sighs> so what happened was I went away. I've never, ever had a holiday in the football season, ever. It's, it, and what happened was Shelley's dad was really poorly. The father-in-law was, was really poorly. And we basically couldn't go when it was booked pre-season but we managed to get it moved it was a it was an all-inclusive job it was a nice and we managed to get it moved so obviously that got moved to the period and what I did I went away and I was laying on the beach and that was the first break I'd had I'd not had an holiday since I'd been at the club and I lay on the beach I thought I need some time out you know you just that 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 period of a few days just laying there with no calls no I haven't got to speak to a player I haven't got to speak to the coaching staff I think that little period, honestly, I should have resigned when I was away. I should have came back and, and stood down there and then, and I didn't. We played the game. But honestly, I was knackered. I, I, and on art, that is, I was knackered. I think we should have been doing a little bit better than we were. We were doing okay. I mean, we were up there. Yeah, we, I think we were, we were third or fourth. Yeah. We'd only lost two games. Yeah. We, we were in every cup competition. So the club was in a great place. But if you, the second you doubt yourself or... You don't feel that, you, you know, it should be better. I just knew it. And it, that was it. It was time. So the holiday, if I didn't go away, I don't believe I would have. I think I'd have gone the season. I really do because I've never quit. Like the, the, the three clubs previous, it was end of the season. Okay, I'm stepping on, moving on, whatever. Um, but that was, I was just knackered. It was time for time to step aside and let somebody else come in and, and keep it kicking on because it, it needed to keep moving forward then. Um, so the timing was probably right, I think. Mm. And you, you had that, you had that break, and you had that time away from football. But then, as you know, phone calls happen. <laughs> you start getting a bit twitchy, and Litchfield Town, Litchfield City, City. somehow. When when they rang, oh, were you missing it? Right, there's missing it to a bit, but not to the point. I'll tell you, this is the truth as well. So what happened was. I run a small company and I'm, I work a lot, as people know. But the second I quit football, I just work. So I was going to work. And when they first contacted me, it was, no, I'm, you know, I'm not really. And it was the wife. She said, look, you can't just keep working. You love football. You know, just go and speak to them. Literally just go and speak to them. And that's, that is what happened. I wasn't looking to get back in. I'd had a couple on before that and said, no, I'm not. You know, I'm okay. not looking to do it. I genuinely wasn't. I enjoyed watching it. I mean, we went to a few games, me and Charlie, you know, you know that was like a pastime for us to go and watch a football match in the week you know just a quick story on that I mean I took a one night there was a game on one night and there was two particular managers two different stars one of them's absolutely crackers just I love the man but he's nuts the other guy is a real methodical you know he's got it all he's a proper coach so I said what we're going to do we're going to go one dug out one off and the other dug out the second half and it got to be one of the best entertaining nights she's had <laughs> he's ended up on the pitch with his head in his hands on his knees his keepers made a cock up. And then second off, the other guys, 
the comments, he, you know, be pragmatic and beautiful picture. And she's got the dictionary out. She's like, what's it all about? I said, he means fucking kick it as far as he can. Mm. You know, so it was entertaining. So football's, do you know what I mean? It was still massive with me and we were still going and watching and stuff. But I didn't really think about going back into it, but I met them too. Um, and we had an hour and that was it. That was what they told me I've never had before, to be fair. Because was it, was it Darren Lever and... Um... Liam Heath. Yeah. yeah and they, still and the they, same too. Still the same too now, yeah. And they basically... Sold you the uh, sold well, sold you the honestly the club. So so when when were you last there, Anne? When were you last? I think it's when you first joined. Well, when I, oh when I was last there, I thought, God, it's probably it must have been an Aberston game with Adam and Ross. When I when I last saw the club, yeah, you wouldn't recognise it. Oh, that is what I've got down. I was, was going to say from when I yeah. first saw it with you to where it is now. Unbelievable changes to the club. I'll and come back that up. So much credit yeah. to, to to what's going on at that club because, like we said, uh, more stands, refurbished bar, little coffee change, house on the side. Lovely. Changing rooms yeah. have been done up. Proper turnstiles, a little stand for Brooksy to video. Right, we got that from the BBC. You know, fair, and keep that keep that off. And then got it back. And you can buy it all, can't you? Like there's so much things that have just happened to that club, and it's just forever revolving, isn't it? And it's. It's like this is oh, it's incredible, isn't it? I was there the other week. Well, I've the you've other been week, over, yeah. Uh, well, obviously, I came down when I was first with Adam and Ross, which was what three, four years ago, um, and then I went over because I'm still with the under 18s here at Atherston. We played your under 18s, okay. and I went over and I went in there and, and I thought I need somewhere to do my board, you know. And a woman just went, "You come in here. There's no one in here." L- lovely little coffee house. <laughs> All cakes yeah. on the side. I went, oh, I'll have, a, uh, <laughs> I went, I'll have a caramel latte, please. She went, yeah, not a problem. It, it, brilliant, mate. Absolutely brilliant. The only thing was the bar weren't open at the end. That was the only That's thing. That's let you down. Yeah. But, they, but they, when I met them, they, this is what they said. They had a vision. And, and it was like, bloody hell, i part of that. It, you know, it was, I'd got nothing to lose and neither had they. they they'd, again, they were another club. They'd had nine managers in 10 years. Yeah. You know, so in your head, you're thinking, can't be a reason for that. Yeah, but mm. well, hey, listen, I've got nothing to lose. And there's always been, there's always been around like step six, haven't they? Yeah, there's always yeah, yeah, yeah. Level, yeah. The promotion was special because they've never been at step yeah. five. So I know it was through the COVID period, but in all fairness to us at the time, we, we'd beat everybody. We we played mm. all the top side. We beat. We were in a good place. We were top of the league, and I've no doubt that we would have gone on. And I do believe that we were a good side. But the, but it was their vision, and when you look at what they've done year on year on year. It, just changing and it will carry on I mean these guys you know the next guy beyond me is, is, is going to have an hell of a you know because they're going to be coming into something that's ready for higher level football yeah so just before we get into the literal story then I've how long would you say that you were away from football then from when you left Aberston to when you came to Litchfield I don't think it was that long you know was it four months Probably four or five. Yeah, I would say. Mm. I don't, I don't, it wasn't as long as I would have expected. I've got to be honest. But like I say, I, I, I went and met them. Not not with, you know, I didn't intend on. I'd already said to them, and even when we met, in fairness to them, when when we met, what I said to them was, look, I don't know if I want to do it again, and what I don't want to do is let you down. And and just them saying this was was was. He said, look, we've got caretaker in, whether they're in for a week, a month, or a season. We'll wait until you... I swear, I wouldn't do that. Wow. You know, and they yeah. were serious. They said, look, we'll wait. And then you go home and think, bloody hell, that's... You know, it's a feel-good factor to that because you think, what do I want me for? I don't, mm. Do you know what I mean? I'm, I'm still... So it, 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 it meant a lot. Um, and what I did was I went and watched the next... I took Shelley over and we went over and watched the next couple of games. 
um, and just said, look, that's, I've got nothing to lose, let's give it a go. So that's that's how it all started there. What, what were your first moves of when you come in? Did you have a little bank of players in your head that no, you wanted? No. no. The, so this is the true story as well, and you'll know this from, from Alistair. So I deliberately never went for anyone. I said to Shell, I've never worked out my comfort zone. I've never been out in an Eton or Navistan or this area. I'm going to give this a bash. Yeah, yeah. And I, I'm not taking anybody. Um, mm. I'm, I'm, I'm going to have a go at this. And that's what happened. I literally met the players. We had a meeting in the club. Um, and I, and I'm, I sort of said, look, I know normally a manager will come in. And there's players you're thinking, hey, I'll be out soon because he's going to bring. That's not happening. It, it, over a period of time, if players are not good enough, you've got to bring players in. But I'm going to work with what we've got and we'll see how we go. And I, and I deliberately went over there on my own and, and didn't go for anyone and just that's how it all started off. Um, the Wayne situation, um, Wayne was available. I, I, I honestly thought that Wayne would end up staying at Aberson, but it didn't work out for whatever reason. He was available. I phoned him and said, look, Wayne, how do you fancy coming over? Obviously, I need somebody with me. I'm going to do this on my own. And Wayne came with me and that was it. And then we got Andy and physio and that was player-wise, we, we left it alone. We didn't go in for anyone. What was the calibre of player like? Were you happy with what you had at that stage? So for step six, they were good. They were yeah. really good. Um, they were competitive, put it that way. But there was a, there was a mindset problem there. Um, it's hard to explain, but they, they were just happy playing. Mm. You, you know, like they didn't push themselves to... And what happened was, um, it's not putting them down, you know, they were great lads, honestly. But, but when we got promoted... There was a big, I believe there's a big jump from that step six to this step five. Oh, yeah. massive, yeah. Huge. Fitness strength. Yeah, man. Yeah. And there was it. little aspects of it. So what happened was, when COVID ended and you'd got like, you got something like six weeks or, or seven weeks of the season still to run, we, we chucked a few friendlies in there, tough ones, to have a look at them against more realistic. And we got battered. Now we know they're not good enough. Not, not, I say not good enough, but not. Not fit enough, dedicated level. enough, yeah. that sort of thing. And it gave us the time to work on the next batch. Mm. So, just want to quickly touch on Wayne. Obviously, Wayne Chapman, you was your assistant and you worked with him for a number of years. Um, how important is that having someone next year who you can sort of trust to do the job that do, do the job and um, maybe see things that you don't quite see and, and have that and, and, and have that partnership with someone like that? Honestly, you can't do it without it because I had Dave Turner with me to start with when, yeah. when I started out. And Dave was, honestly, when the training he used to do was incredible. Honest to God, he, some of his training sessions used to be brilliant. Um, all relative to what we were trying to do. Um, so I had Dave by my side for a number of years. Um, and then Wayne came in and worked with us when we, were, when we were down here. And then obviously Dave became part of this club. Wayne ended up, my number two, coming over here. Brilliant. F- proper football people. Just good, honest, proper football people. Exactly the same. We've had the same backgrounds, the same sort of upbringings, the same sort of, you know, we've done the same sort of things. So you're with like-minded people, but not yes-men. You know, they've got their own opinions of it, which you need. You don't want to be standing there just agreeing with everything you say. You want to hear their opinions. And and that's how they work. So it's worked really well, but you do need... Listen, I'll say this now. If you ever think you're going to managing with your own... It's not going to work. Mm. It's just not going to work. The team yeah. of people are just so important and mm. keep you keep you sane. Probably, mm. I'll be honest. What was it? I want to bring you back to your. I want to take you back a little bit. Do you remember the first time you came back here, Ive, with Litchfield? Yeah. How was that experience? I got battered. Really? <laughs> oh, I got abused. 
Really? Yeah. I remember. Yeah, I oh, I got remember. abused. <laughs> Didn't you hear that last year? No. I, I, oh, yeah, I got... Yeah, it wasn't good, but there you go, that's football. Listen, you support your own team. What I will say is, um, there's, a, there's a big fan base here that, honestly, I, I, I just love them. I, mm. Honestly, I'm will for the rest of my life. You know, your Grahams and your Lins, your Whoppies, your Baz. I could go on and on. Just brilliant, brilliant football-loving people. You know, when there's been incidents at this club of different things and people are out there, oh, I've done this, I've done that. Trust these are the nicest people you yeah, know. Yeah, mate. And this club is their life. They mm. live and breathe. That, to be honest, that's a lot of where your inspiration comes from. When you look at them people in the eye, know what this means to them. There's your, there's your little bit of, oh, do you know what? I'm going to make sure this. So, yeah, when I came back, it wasn't, it wasn't the nicest. But, hey, that's, you know. Were you, were you nervous, though, to come back or was it just another game of football for but you? Well, what I did, I'd stayed away and I, and I said I'd do that. You know, I, I, what you don't want, when a new management team, you don't want the old guy hanging around and, and sticking his nose in. And I'd stayed away. I didn't come back to a game. I just stayed away. The club will crack on. As I said to you before, mm. managers come and go, players come and go, coach, the football club, it's the foot, it has to be about the football club. So once you're out of there, get out of the way, let people run it. So yeah, that was my first time back when I come back with Litchfield and the fans were giving. Can you remember the result? 1 0. Yeah. What one? Yeah, it was the worst game of football. No, Aviston Aviston won. Aviston won. Yeah, Aviston yeah, won. We, we played them at home um when I took over Litchfield that season. And we, and, and, and Litchfield we battered them. <laughs> we beat them 3 0 and, yeah, and yeah, the Litchfield problem was that was actually Martin then. Yeah, yeah, it was, had people like, yeah, you did yeah. it. Hainsey still. Hainsey. Cart, Cole Cartwright. Ruffy. Ruffy, yeah. It was, it was players that I brought. So obviously that was a bit... Mm. But there was a decent atmosphere we got yeah. on. There was no... It was, it was after that. That was the start of Adam and Ross at Aviston. Right. When they yeah. lost 3-0 yeah. at Litchfield. Well, they were the, they were, that game? I'm not sure. They would have been the sort of games where they would have looked at it and gone, we got work to do. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. You know, and they obviously yeah. did. And fair play to them for that. You mm. know, they went off and did what they had to do. Um, you touched on it briefly, but how tough was it through the COVID period with with football and oh, it was stuff? Hard, really hard. You yeah, didn't do you know your what? job about oh, if it was a what, what? What do you do? How do you do? It's, it's so unprecedented that nobody's got an answer for that. You, you know, if you said some, what, what, what do you do? How do you deal with it? Yeah. You can't meet up. You can't train. You can't. Yeah, tough. But I think that's when you look past football. Though. Yeah, definitely. You, honest, then, yeah. you know, you look at you look at. We've talked about it earlier on regarding mental health and stuff. If you look, that was a period of time that affected a lot of people in a bad way. Um, and I think football took a back seat, really. And in, in my lifetime, I'd have to say, football's been literally 24-7, even through pre-season. That's the only time when you've actually thought about the well-being of people. Yeah, and that. Yeah. Probably, we probably all learned something from that, all of us, in terms of looking after people. And, and you know, that was such a bad time. There was, there was light at the end of the tunnel, though, weren't there, Ive? Because it was through COVID season that you got Litchfield promoted, wasn't it? Yeah. And how did how did that feel? Talk well, to us was, about that. It's it, good and bad. Obviously, getting promoted, brilliant, but you want to do it. You know, you, mm. you want to go the whole way. It is an example. So I spoke to a manager a few weeks back, a manager I massively respect, a fantastic guy, and we were talking about in general, and he said, "I want my club to get promoted." And if I can get them into an easier league to do that, I'll do that. I'll, I'll move them across. And I, I thought about it and I said, no, nah, I can't. So what you're saying is that you know you're going to win games comfortably. Yeah, yeah, man, we'll get promoted. I said, I'll pack in. I said, if the chairman said, we're going we're gonna to jump, we're going to go to it because most of these teams are crap. And you're, oh, that's me done. That's me, you know, this is my hobby. Mm-hmm. You know, the, the passion and, 
There's no money involved in it. I don't, I've never took a pen, one pen to a football. No, it's my hobby. I want to compete. I have to compete. You know, and, and the thought of knowing that you're going to win games, come losing all along, not having that. So the COVID period was, you feel a bit cheated, for me, mm. honest, because I believe we were good enough to go on. And we'd just beat, other than that day, 3-0, we'd beat all the top sides that we were coming up against. We'd beat, we, a record, I think we'd won fifth. 13, 2, 2, lost one or I can't remember what yeah, it was, it's a good record, we, yeah. we were in a good place. So I've no doubt we'd have gone on and we've missed out on that a bit. So it's frustrating, but. Mm. But also happy days because you're in the next level. Yeah. And you've got promotion for the club no, and I, they're now I, in that step five and they're going to sort of push on, aren't they? I, so. I remember the calibre of players that you had from being on the opposite coaching side and like Josh Mansell was unbelievable. Yeah. Carl Paxton still to this day. Luke Childs. Luke Childs. Um some of them on that on that pitch, that four G were absolutely unbelievable. And well they they carried on after I mean that's the thing. It was similar to Aviston really, because my first year at Aviston, if you look at what we did, was not expected. The first year at step five, we were favourites to go down. That was on mm. every you know, on social media, um, all, all the people that put the, the stats in, who's going to go up? Who's gonna, we were favourites to go down. We finished third. We were, we were two wins away from getting promoted. Mm. And again, similar to what I'm saying at Aviston, and the, the chairman will back me on this, we were not ready to get promoted. That club was, that, that, would, that would have killed Litchfield. That could have affected them badly. We were not ready. Moving forward, the, the plans have been put in place and all the work's going on yeah, yeah. to do that. But at that particular time, but honest, we, 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 Oldermere and Michaels got promoted. We were two one up at their place with ten minutes to go, and I chucked it away. You're telling me this at one of Archie's games, and we were one nil at home. Yeah, and it was the ninety fourth minute, and they've scored to equalise, and yeah. those two results stopped us. You know, I that's how close it. it was. And you look back and think, Jesus, that was that was our first year. And the thing I was proud of with that is, again, Cole Patterson was the only player in the squad that's been at this level or above. So the whole group, similar to what the first year at Aviston, they're all coming up. You know, these are not players that were brought down to, that have been at the level or, or above or, or who we know can cope with it. They, every single one of the players in the side were coming up the way because I remember one of the, one of the managers after a game and he had me about the budget. <laughs> he said, some day And I went through it. I said, he's come from Utoxter, he's come from Brockton, he's come from Heath Hayes, he's come from the Griff. You know, the whole squad, we never had a big player. We never yeah. had a guy other than Kyle Patterson. We never had one player that had, that had come down the ladder. So that was, that was special. Let's talk about Cole Patterson. Yeah, I want to know um, how it came about. A lot, of, a lot of really good players and top players at Litchfield, um, as we've discussed a lot of them. But Cole Patterson, what a career he's had um, playing in America, playing for uh, Alec Galaxy, playing a number of clubs abroad and um, coming over and playing uh, a good level of non-league football mm. as well. How important is it to have people like Kyle at the club? He's still there now, is it? Yeah. Is it yeah? Oh, yeah. yeah. You know, how important is it to have people like him? Because he's very professional, he's very motivated, he loves is, football, yeah. uh, loves to coach. Now, is he doing a bit of coaching and, and sort no, of he's helping? Still, still playing? He's but still fully focused on He's like still it. fully, yeah, fit as anything as well. Oh, so I'll, fit. I watch him. I watch him before the games. So he's out there 20 minutes before anyone else doing a proper warm up. And then after the game, he's, he's doing a cool down. How no, he's he in the like? ice baths. Seven thirty-eight, I think he is. No. He's in the ice baths a lot. He's, he's, his but, dedication and passion for it—you you couldn't. You, you, if you could sell it, you'd, you'd, you'd be a millionaire. Honest, the guy is just the ultimate professional. But like, like you were saying there on the back with the other lads, that's that's the guy. That's the one that you say, watch him. Yeah. The lads turn up fifteen minutes before the meeting time. 
Mm. Those are the little things that are in place. When they come training, they know they're going to be there because if they're not, I, I can't repeat what he said, but there was an half time in one game. You never heard anything like it, honest. And he'll just say it as it is. Mm. He's, got a, he's got standards uh, and, and a level and you're either on that or you're gone. And that's him as a player. You, you know, he's not, you're not dragging your heels around him. You're just not. I wouldn't know that myself anyway. You know, we've, you know what I'm like. I, would, yeah. you know, I, I want the lads to enjoy what they're doing, but I want you to give me everything you've got and enjoy it. And Cole Patterson makes sure that's the case. But honest to God, it, for, for young lads coming through and stuff, there's your ultimate professional for a guy of his age. And again, you know, you sometimes, when I went there, I was a bit nervous because I thought, this guy really... You know, is he really going to tech to me? He's been, he was at the Beckham documentary. He's on there. You can see him with him training on mm. it. And you think, this guy's going to listen. To... Mate, incredible, honestly. Mm. Absolutely incredible. Um, so think... the longer he's there, the better. Mm. Think he'll be a manager? <laughs> I've had this conversation with Have him. You? Yeah. And I, I, I'm, it's the temperament side of it. I uh, think he'd have to be. I, I, I think he's got three young girls, which. You can imagine. Yeah. So yeah. I think the day he stops playing and she's dragging him shopping and he's, he's <laughs> yeah, with, yeah, you yeah, might yeah. find he'll go, do you know what? I'm going back into it. Yeah. But it's the temperament side because to play for a guy like that, you're going to have to be 110% at it because yeah, if you're not, you are, yeah. you're going to be. Quick message about one of our sponsors, Tread. Tread offer top quality grip socks for all types of sport, available in a range of different colours. Tread won't let you slip. Check the link out in our bio on social media or check out treadsocks.com and use code podcast at checkout for 10% discount. So it is one thing that I want to talk about that's not on here actually. So all your youth teams now that you've got either, were they not there when you first started or were they? Some, but it's grim. Yeah. It's grew quite a lot. And what I would say is the development of them in the last year has been... I mean, we're using quite a few. Well, this is see. what I wanted to ask you. Is it something that you're 100% using and funneling in? Honestly, they, they've been absolutely... So what we did was at the end of last year, I spoke to the manager of the youth and said, look, I want your five best players training with us all the way through pre-season. And that's what they did. Brilliant. Honestly, brilliant. And the lads took to them. So obviously your more experienced players have said... You know, little comments. I like him, he's good. And mm. I've worked with him. So we're at a point now where we've got... We played Dudley on Tuesday and I think seven of the players were 21 or under. And we won the game 5-0. And, and the non-league guy, you've probably seen that, and he spoke to me after the game and he said the first word, he said, that's a youthful. I said, them players are playing regular. You know, Saturday at, at Starport, we had Jack Edwards' wedding. So you had Jack, Joe, uh, Lomas all missing. The kids are in, Jude Taylor, Kieran. I mean, Louis Burnside scored the goal, you know, Louis Burnside. They're great kids. My, my attitude is if they're good enough, they're old enough. So, mm. um, but yeah, it's, it's developed, it's, it's come on. I'd have to say in the last year, you're starting to see the results now. It's good when you've got that though, isn't it? That you've got someone to turn to where you can, where you can say, these lads are, are, are going to love the experience. Take away the money side of it because the reason why they're at that club or at your club is to get into the first team. You know what I mean? It's yeah. it's a great little thing to have in your back pocket, I think, isn't it? Be honestly, do you do you do you think it's used enough? Be honest. Do you do you go around and, and see clubs and think, oh, look at all them young lads? Not at certain, not at, yeah, not at many levels you'd like to see it. Do you want to you know, know? Do you want to know something? Obviously, now I'm the assistant manager of Aberston under 18s. Before that, I wouldn't have been able to comment, but now I feel like I can. 
and now I don't feel like it is used enough. Don't get me wrong, I feel that when Adam and Ross were here, they used the youth very well. Um, obviously, at, at this moment in time, Mitch, congratulations to Mitch and Norts and Hainsey, by the way, who got the first team job here. I hope that they use it because some of them lads are 100% good enough. Yeah. 100%. Oh, well, let me say this then. I, it's how I, I, see, I think there's a fear of losing in football. When, when I first took over here, like people had comments about, you need to do this and you need to do that and you need to do that. You need to be your own man to a point and have, have a, an idea of how you see the game and how you want to play the game and let players express themselves. Now, there's always going to be a gamble in that. There's a fear of losing. So you've got a manager on X amount of pounds a week with an X amount budget and the remit is you've got to finish there. Mm. He can't afford to lose. In his head, he cannot afford to lose. So by the time Saturday comes around, he's got a picture in his head, oh, I can't lose this game. I'm not saying it's everybody, but, but I know it's there. I can see it when I watch games. So now what you've got is you're going to put a restriction on that side because it's priorities to not lose this game. I can't afford to lose this game. Are you really going to chuck a 17-year-old prospect in who you know is going to be good enough, but at this moment in time, I can't, have, I can't take the risk? And if we're honest, as managers, mm. all of them, I'd like to hear the, the, how they see that because there is a risk in it, a massive risk. There is, yeah. But I, I can, and I can't say this genuinely, I've not got them kids in there as an excuse to lose a game. So we get beat 3-0, oh, well, we had four, 17, what do you expect? That's it. That will not happen. Them kids are good enough to play for us. They get the same instructions as everybody else. Mm. The only difference is, I think you've got to back off them a little bit and just give them, look, play the game off the cuff a little bit. Yeah. You know, we, we, we had a couple of players that played on Saturday. Pitches and mud bath, difficult place to go. Tough, tough, well-organised side. You go and enjoy yourself. If you think you can beat the man, beat the man. Have the team set up to cope with you losing the ball. So nobody's going to shout at you. Nobody's going to... The feeling you'll get when you start beating people, you'll not get a feeling like it. Mm. And you will get better and better and better. So it's how you, how you look at them kids. How do you want to use them? What's the instruction to them? And I believe in non-league football, there's a fear of losing at a lot of clubs. And I understand it. I do. If you've got mm. a remit of... I understand it. But the effect that has on the younger players, for me... Is massive. You wouldn't even know that some step five, step six teams have got youth teams, would you? Because exactly like you said, and I agree with you, I've played against under-18s teams where I've looked at them and I've thought, you're an under-18s team for this club and you're not good enough. And that's not me being harsh, that's just me being honest. And some of them are not good enough to go and play step six and step five. But in other cases, I have watched under 18s and I say how the fuck are you not playing yeah. first team football there you go do you know what I mean and it's so frustrating I, isn't it it is but I mean I can only speak with what I know and what I do and I, I know that the lads get the opportunity here at Atherston um, and I've seen it at other clubs where you see people coming through Sam McClintock's I know it was from Sunday League but people have given these young kids a chance and you see it and it's a hell of a story when it happens and they climb up the ladder and stuff like that but you bang on right you've got to nurture them you can't kill them you can't kill them no you've got to, you've got to take that little bit of they're going to be naive they're going to be raw but if you genuinely believe they're going to be good enough give them the chance to be good enough and that's mm. For me, it's a. There's a lot of good kids out there. I've got to say, I mean, yeah, you've got yeah. you've got a load of them here, and, and they're everywhere. I, I've, <laughs> I've been impressed. I've got to be honest. It's, you know, we we didn't think we would end up with so many in. Mm. We just brought another one in. Now he's he's been on the bench the last two games. He's 16. He's at another club, but he's 16 year old. He's going to be a fantastic football yeah. player. Mm. That's it. Um, 
You've also carried on a bit of good fortune at Litchfield in terms of winning the JW Hunt Cup at the uh, Molyneux Stadium, beating Tiverdale. Mm-hmm. How was that feeling, bringing a, another trophy yeah, to it was, it was it was amazing, to be honest with you, because we didn't concede a goal in it, you know. No. We, we went all the way through and never conceded. And for a team that plays on the front foot, you know, the criticism I get is sometimes I'm a bit too... But we didn't concede a goal. Um, so it was special for the club. It's the first cup they've won in however many years 10 years 12 years which was similar I think the cup when we beat Warwick at Alliston I think it was the first cup in 10 years I think yeah, if I'm yeah. right yeah. so it was the same scenario there yeah, so nice. that was special um, and it was great for the club you know to see the chairman and the vice chairman it's like a little bit of payback for them for the time yeah, and effort definitely. they're putting yeah. in you know sometimes you want something back I mean all yeah. they're really seeing if you've had nine managers in 10 years can you imagine how many players they've seen come and go so they, they got to see that their own that's their team at the end of the day that's their club so to see their own team at Molyneux and picking that cup up special Super we want to end it on this one as well I've just on the Litchfield topic where do you see the future? what do you see? Honestly I'll, I'll say this on here beyond me I'd have to say I mean I'm in my fourth year now so how, how long I'll go for who knows but mm. beyond me Litchfield City as a football club will we'll get up to the higher reaches I, I believe there'll be a step three club minimum do you, so would you say now, so obviously you've you've always been brutally honest and you've said we were not ready, we were not ready. Regarding the club, the way it's facilitated, the players that you've got, the way it's ran, would you say it's ready now? Yes, 100%. Brilliant. 100%. Brilliant. That's the challenge. Class. Super. Um, we're going to go on some quick fires before we do. Thank you so much, Ivar. I've been brilliant. Um, I think uh, the story you've told tonight, a lot of people are going to enjoy, a lot of people are going to love and get to know you a lot better and how you've come through your football journey um, and uh, what a great manager you've been. So thank you for coming on. We appreciate that. Um, thank you, chaps. Thank you for having me. So we're going to do some quick fires. So I'll start. Um, best, player, best, yeah, best player you've coached or managed? Alex Norton. Wow. Boom. There's only one in it. Straight away. I'm going to add this one in. Go on. And we'll speak about it after. I want to know the best goal you've ever seen, either. Right, I know why you've asked me that question. <laughs> it's up there. It's up there. Is it, he's, is he's, it the one? He's not having it. I'm not giving it him. I'm not giving it him. I'm Liam because you ain't got it. <laughs> that wouldn't be my son by any chance, would it? It is, He mate. did. He did. I actually brought him in. Uh, he, he came in to make the numbers up. Witherley. At, at Averston? Oh, no, 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 no. It was Witherley. at Witherley. He okay. came in to make the numbers up. He was only, I don't know, he was been 16 or whatever yeah. at the time. And we were playing Highway, who were top of the league. We were second, they were top. Wait so now. it was a massive game. Hold on, I just want to get this up and I want to see if you explain it the way he's explained. <laughs> carry on, Ive, carry on. So, so honestly, we've brought him on. Oh, it's got to be 30 plus yards. He's hit one. You've seen a goal like it. Honestly, I didn't think he could kick a ball that far. But yeah, he scored a worldie. So, 17 uh, he was. Was he 17. 17? One one put me on last ten, and we won a free kick on no, the halfway. He did. he did. He scored an absolute worldie. It was a great. Chris Broaders passed that. it to me, square <laughs> short. I took a big touch forward and felt closer to goal than actually was. So I probably I hit it probably about thirty yards out. There you go. So he's we weren't lying. He's actually not lying. Proper description that is about. Oh the mate, game. look at it. Look at his <laughs> 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 So that's not what is the best oh, goal you've dear, seen. Dear. Norse has oh. scored some incredible oh, yeah. goals. Well, they'd have to be Alex. I would say. All right, I'll tell you what the best one was. And for this reason, so Dan Creaney. Okay, we played on the Saturday, and I said, any of you play on the Sunday, you won't play on Monday. Okay, and we got Griffin a derby. 
here. I can't lose. You can't lose that no, game, yeah. can you? Mm. Come the Monday, he's played on the Sunday, Dan Creaney. Dan, you're on the bench. We've played the first half, shocking. Coming at half time, rant and rave. Dan, you're on. He's, he's come onto the pitch and done some warming up. I kid you not, we've come out second half and we've got a free kick on the right-hand side. He's right-footed and he's lining it up. Look at what's he doing? And we've, we've all, what's he doing? What's he doing? What's he doing? I kid you not, he's hit it with his left foot, top corner, and didn't see it move. I honestly couldn't believe it. So after the game, I've grabbed him and said, Dan, what was that about? I've never seen you kick a ball with your left foot. He said, well, I tried a few at half-time, so I thought I'd give it a go. Unbelievable. So I, I, to be honest, that's up there. I'd have to, I'd have to give it that. No. Um, what about best player you've signed? Jonathan Gould. Oh, what a player. I love this. He's just going, bosh. What a player. For the simple reason, like, if you're a fan of a club, like this big fan base, and, and, and you're watching, then all of a sudden you see a guy like that come in and play the way he did and you saw the fans they were just oh my days it, the kid was just... I'll never forget uh, Leicester Road oh Andy that goal when he like it's just you know I'll against top, the top players yeah, the but it was against the top players as yeah, well. yeah 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 no yeah. good good Definitely. players you know incredible player so as in terms of actually bringing a player in to impact the fans the players everything Jonathan Gould. He's back playing now, isn't he? Because yeah, he did have a bit of time away because he yeah, had injury, didn't he? Yeah, but he's taking it easy. He's yeah, taking it fair easy. play to him. He's, he's 100% got the best celebration in football. <laughs> the worm. <laughs> the backwards worm, and it? It's a weird one. He has, yeah. Uh, next one, Ivor. Favourite memory in football? Oh, wow. Wow. God. That's so tough, man, because I could, I could name, you know, obviously the Redditch wins, the Covid wins, um... There's, there's, there's too many, so I, I would have to say the day with Kidderminster playing to come up against a professional football club, get to the Kidderminster ground, go in, and do you know what I mean? That that yeah. was I'd, I'd have to say that. Superb. When you are relaxing at home, away from football, favourite TV show series? Uh, Only Fools and Horses. Classic. I've watched the same ones a thousand times, and I'll watch them another thousand times. Fair play. Love it. Um, this is a, this is a good one for you. I've biggest name in your phone book. Biggest name. Mm. Oh wow! Wow! Oh God! I know. No. Who I, I know who I'd say. No, I ain't. I haven't really got. To keep, be honest, keep the missus happy. <laughs> <laughs> oh God! Yeah, good show. Good show. Couldn't you have done that a little bit? Yeah. Quite. Uh, biggest name. Biggest. Oh God, no. I, I, do you know yeah. what? I wouldn't know what so. to say. I wouldn't say on that one. Okay. What about good. favourite takeaway? Beef curry and board rise from the Golden Bridge. Oh, yeah, sensational. No, yeah, I've been to Golden Bridge. Very so nice. S- he's got it on point, hasn't he? He's got it all. Who uh, was your idol growing up, Ivor? My idol? Peter Beardsley was, was a player that... Yeah, Newcastle oh, fan I, as well, I just, you? Yeah, just yeah. incredible. Just I remember being a kid with a ball, and every time you've seen him play, just straight over the wreck, trying to do the twists, the turns. Peter Beardsley, yeah. Super. Love it. Uh, what about like your first live game of football you went and watched? I think my dad took me... I'll be truthful, over the years, I don't watch a lot of pro football. I've only ever been to two Premier League games. It really doesn't struggle, interest me don't that you? Much. You struggle as well, don't you? I, I don't, Especially being in football. Yeah. You're like, you, you, no time when to do you go, do it? Yeah, when did you do it? But I think it was, it was... My dad took me to Coventry City, might have been Everton, at Oilfield Road. That would have... Yeah, I was a kid then. It was nice, Cobb City. Yeah. And I'll tell you what, it was in the winter because I remember it. There was all snow on the... And there was snowball fighting. Really? <laughs> so it was, it was snowballs... Orange that was when ball. you played in snow. Yeah, yeah. So it was all that. Uh, have you got any superstitions as a manager, I've? None. What, none about, what about when you're a player? None. None at all. Nothing. Really? No, honestly. Nothing. 
None. Wow. What about favourite holiday destination? You don't get many. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) He went on one and look what happened. (laughs) (laughs) That was, do you know what, one? That was probably what it was. The holiday was that. It was a lovely place. We had a a no-kids hotel beachfront job in Turkey. It was brilliant. But the best holiday destination was the Algarve for us in Portugal. We had a great time there. We really did. So I'd have to say that. Super. Um, I know you're like a pint of Guinness now and again. Mm -hmm. Best team night out that you've had? Best team night out. Oh, mate. Well, I remember we had the one in Ashby, we were in Jelaine, but we got kicked out and barred because I was fighting. <laughs> I, did, I did. I ended up scrapping. We all got kicked out and sent home. So that was a bad one. Um, oh, God. Best night out. Oh, mate. Surely you've been on some away when you were with them. Well, I'll tell you the... Stra- let me tell you the, 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 one of Go the on. strangest then. Go on. Here. You know, the, the, the end of the year, you go away for the weekend. We chose Leeds. I don't know who chose it, but we chose Leeds. So we're in the minibus. As we're getting nearer and nearer to the state, it's like, where are we here? <laughs> it was scary. I kid you not. And we even discussed potentially going somewhere else. Anyway, we get there to the hotel and the guys called us all in. We need to speak to you. We need to speak. Don't go out on your own. <laughs> you don't call a taxi. We do it. And when you come back at night, you don't get out your taxi until we come out and fetch you. I kid you not. That was, and it was genuine. I remember it was Dan Creaney was the first one back on the first night and the guy would not let him out of the taxi. And this is like one in the morning, two, whatever it was. And the guy has had to come out and physically walk you in. It wasn't safe. So that would have to be the most interesting, I'd say. Wow. (laughs) Well, it's a tough one, Cookie. It's a tough one, yeah. We've got a... Pick your best five-a-side team, but I don't know whether to change it to, like... Seven. Seven-a-side, maybe. I don't know. Yeah. What do you want to do? Wow, should you keep wow, it at a five-a-side, wow. or should you go maybe one What would more? you be more comfortable with, either five or seven? Oh, God, or, mate. You or, can't do that. <laughs> you can't do that. I'll get lynched. Oh, mate. Five-a-side team. Five-a-side team. Okay, goalkeeper. I would have to say Stephen Barnes. Yeah. Um, in, in his early days, when yeah. I started managing... He should have. He should have been a pro goalkeeper. He was that good. Kick it he, the length for the field. Yeah. He could make. Yeah, he, he should have been pro. He, he was just incredible. Uh, defenders. Well, Alex Norwood would obviously be the striker. Um, yeah. John O'Gold would have to be in it just for the trickery. Um, two more. Two more. And he need to play one at the back five. Uh, oh God, man! Dear, 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 dear. We're going. Oh mate, honestly, you've got me there. You really have. Sure. I'm thinking sort of a old school centre half that you used to play. Rube Arnold centre half. Right. Well, I was just going to mention. God bless Rube. I'm going to. I'm going to say Rube Arnold for, yeah. for the middle. Okay. To boss it. Yeah. Because what a machine he yeah. was. I mean, my old man talks about him all oh the time. Oh God, mate. Honestly, that guy was just. And when you go back to when you played football, the way we did, when you got, I got kicked, he kicked them, and that's yeah. our Rupert. So I'd, I'd say Robbie Arnold in the middle. Defender. Oh man. Oh. oh some God. defenders over the years, haven't you? Yeah, some, some, <clears> some it's been a big players. it's been a big it's been a big part for me as well. Def, defenders the way with a big one. I mean Nathan Haynes, I had a period I think that year we won the two cups here. Nathan Haynes was oh, unbelievable. I, I, just, unbelievable I, I think I'd say in a in a season, I would say that's the best I've ever seen a, a consistently good. Like, so it wasn't like he had a, a good game, an average game. He was just, I mean, he won everything. Yeah, he, he was very, very consistent. Like, 
weren't, weren't a game where he didn't drop his standards really, yeah, was there? The, the oh. whole year he was just, and it was, he played a massive part in. I think, if I remember right, the last, was it the last 11 games of the season, we kept nine clean sheets. It was something stupid. It was, it was crazy. He was just, he just couldn't get by him. So I'm going to, I'm going to chuck him in there. Super. Don't blame you. Don't blame you. That's the end, yeah. Yeah, that's the end. I've, thank you very much. Thank you. I just want to do one thing before. Yeah, go ahead. Um, obviously, I've someone that you know as well. Mm. We've had the sad news today that Craig Whitmore's passed away. Um, people that are listening to this podcast, some people won't know who Craig is. Um, unbelievable football person, weren't he? I've, yeah. Absolutely unbelievable. Yeah. Um, we were speaking about him before. Sadly, passed away today. He had a, a, a bad illness. Um, he, he tried to fight it as long as he could. But I know that all the local people that are listening all send their condolences and obviously we, we send our condolences to his family as well. So yeah, just wanted to mention that in there. God yeah. bless you. God yeah. bless you condolences really. to his family. Yeah, lovely lad. Great, great player he was as well. Another one. Mm. Great player. What a shame. Such Definitely, a shame. yeah. No shame. Um, yeah, I've, thank you very much. We appreciate it. All the best with Litchfield Absolutely. and your future. Me and Lee will definitely get down to a game to support you yeah. and support the lads. And um, yeah, Thank you very much. Really appreciate it, chaps, and keep cracking on. You're doing a great job. Brilliant. Thank you. Thank you very much. You've done it, Ive. That's a wrap. (laughs) Are we okay? Superb. Superb, mate. Sports Social Podcast Network.